Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang. And joining me today, I have the Yards Per Attempt podcast host and also the director, program director over at Sirius XM Fight Nation. I wanted to introduce now Eddie Borsilli to the show. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. Heidi, it's always a pleasure. Glad to be back on here with you, and especially after Raider win. Everything's good in Raider land, and uh, we'll see what happens this week. But exciting times, definitely, for Raider Nation. For sure. And if you love hearing about Raider Nation's wins, go ahead and hit subscribe right here on this <laughs> Takeaways podcast. Uh, we're also brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. And also presented to you by Blue Wire Podcast and Liquid Death. If you don't know what that is, check it out in your uh, any of the uh, cases you could find at 7-Elevens and Hy-Vees and they're in the aluminum can not to be mistaken for beer they are water um, <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie um, now that I got some business there out of the way it, like we said exciting here to come on and talk to you especially when it's a Raiders win um, I've had you on before for the doom and gloom but now here we, here we are looking at the first win of the season what was the biggest positive for you in this win and take away from the game I just think you you saw a lot of the Raider playmakers making plays and that seems on the surface to say the obvious thing, but you know, Josh Jacobs really having his, obviously his best game as a Raider, you know, rushing for over 130 yards, he gets into the end zone twice, Devontae Adams, nine catches. I just think that you saw the best out of what the Raiders have to offer because it's such a talented football team. It's hard to, as Raider fans and people that follow the team over the years that sometimes the Raider roster is not made up of, of superstar type players, but the Raiders have superstar type players. Devontae Adams, obviously a superstar type player, Max Crosby, I tweeted during the game. He took over that game, Heidi, at one point. Mm. Literally, he was doing whatever he wanted in the Broncos' backfield. So it was good to see the guys that are difference makers on offense and defense finally step up and make plays. And I really think you got a glimpse into what the Josh McDaniels offense could look like moving forward with a lot of heavy run, a lot of Devontae Adams, <clears throat> Derek Carr scrambling. We saw Derek Carr picking up some first downs. It's something I sh- I've been screaming about for 10 years since he took over. So I think we got we got to see a lot. But to me, it's just scratching the surface of what this team could accomplish. If you were screaming, I was your echo. Um, oh, and-, <laughs> John, and, and suddenly we hear John Gruden in the background saying, say, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> All right. Now that he's been able to kind of use his legs, move around the pocket, get loose a little bit. You know, when you're facing a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who already does those things and does them very well, how much do you think um, the Raiders will look to Carr to maybe not be a mobile quarterback because that's not his identity, but to try to move things around a little bit in that type of nature to keep plays alive during this game. Yeah, I, I think too. I think you need Derek Carr to pick up some some yards with his legs and extend drives. You need to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, especially in Arrowhead because they can go on some crazy long drives and things can happen that can get out of hand. And we've seen it firsthand. You know, Arrowhead's been a kind of house of horrors for the Raiders at times, you know, take out a couple of the times the Raiders went in there and played really well. But it's been a house of horrors for Derek Carr. It's been a house of horrors in prime time for the Raiders. So I think 
couple factors here. Obviously, keeping Patrick Mahomes inside the pocket, not letting him get out and make crazy plays. We all saw Sunday Night Football versus the Buccaneers where he makes a ridiculous play uh, in the touchdown down by the goal line. So we've seen this story before. You keep him inside. You try to contain him as much as possible. He's going to make his plays. And I think it's about ball control. I think it's about keeping Josh Jacobs on the field. The Raiders are at their best even last year and the year before. When the run game is going, they take a lead, they score early. I think you need to score early and let Josh Jacobs and the running backs really wear the Kansas City Chiefs down. I think that's the recipe for success. But as you know, Heidi, we've all seen this story before. They're going to have to score at least 30 points plus to keep up with the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, you mentioned, though, the, the time of position and like how the carries and the run can really help the game. Obviously, if you can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, then that would bode well for the Raiders. Right. Um, or ideally it will. But when you think about Josh Jacobs running 28 times in a game, even though it amounted to 144 yards and a pair of touchdowns, you know, are you looking to see how much they might kind of rotate in some of the other backs that they have active to be able to preserve Josh Jacobs in some sense? Yeah, I think so a little bit. I talked about this with you guys on Raider Nation Radio a couple weeks back that I thought they'd be um, a lot more versatile when it came to the running game. Now, obviously, they're going to play the hot hand, and I'm a big fan of that. If Jacobs is getting the job done, you keep him in there. He's still a young player in the National Football League, so you're not really saving him in a sense for anything. You want him to go out there, especially in a contract year. He's going to go out there and try to make the best and try to make the most money he could possibly make. But I think you could see guys like Brandon Bolden. I think you could see we saw Zamir White rip off the best run of his career last week. That was exciting yeah. to see, almost getting to the end zone. So I think as the year goes on, you're going to see these guys – um, probably playing more. I would say Zamir White's going to be the guy you're going to see, you know, kind of that number two behind Jacobs. Abdul is going to be the guy coming out of the backfield and then, you know, bolding down by the goal line. But the Raider offense is taking a couple weeks to kind of click and see what kind of things they could do out on the football field. You know, are they going to be a passing team, a run heavy team? I still think they're trying to figure out what kind of offense they're going to be and what everybody's comfortable doing. And I think once they figure that out, I think that's when they're really going to, you know, kind of step on the gas and see if they can do different things. We've seen, Heidi, I think more kind of trick plays and things coming out from Josh McDaniels than I think we've seen from any Raider coach in recent memory. There's been a lot of trickery going on. So I think that keeps up a little bit too. And I think they're starting to get their footing on what, what this offense could be. So to answer your question, I think the running backs and the deep stable of running backs they have are going to get more looks moving forward. So, Take us, let's go back here to October 11th, 2020. The Raiders are able to post 40 on the Kansas City Chiefs and take home a win. And uh, that was the last time the, the Raiders in recent memory beat the Chiefs, right? Obviously, in Derek Carr's career, he's only been able to get over that hump three times. So twice of, twice of those times are in Oakland. So when you go into Arrowhead, Monday Night Football, <laughs> the stage is, is is huge, right? And <laughs> this team is just starting to click. Devontae's obviously been on that stage before, but like, how does this team just begin to establish that identity if, if they can, right, in this game before the bye and they're on the road? At some point, Heidi, I really think that at some point in Derek Carr, Carr's career as Raider quarterback, if it goes if this is his last year or it goes another 10 after this, I think you really, yeah, they have to get to a, to a point where they say, are we going to be able to overtake this Kansas city chiefs team? And I'm not saying that they're going to be a better team year in year out, but you have to be able to go in to a place like Arrowhead and play your style of football and not get the doors blown off of you. And I don't think they're going to, that's going to happen to them, but there's got to be a flipping point where they say we were a playoff team last year. 
We only we came within a final drive of, of advancing in the playoffs. We have just as good, if not better, offensive weapons in the Kansas City Chiefs. Defense is defense if the defense makes plays. So <clears throat> what does it come down to? It comes down to coaching, comes down to scheme. You know, that that game that you talk about a couple of years ago was a perfect offensive scheme and the players executed perfectly. Guys were wide open down the field. I don't think the Chiefs were ready for it. And the Raiders really stepped on the Chiefs' throat and got the job done. You know, it's it's really about that dynamic, Heidi. It's about whether they want to set the tone early in the season. If you go into Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football in the Arrowhead and go into your bye week, you're really starting to cook with gas. You're still only two and three because of the struggles, but you're really not. You're really saying to the rest of the National Football League and you're putting them on notice to say, we're a team to be reckoned with. We got off to a slow start, but we just had back-to-back good wins over AFC West teams. We went into the Chiefs kingdom, took it to them. So I just think that going into the bye two and three with a win over the Chiefs would really do wonders for the confidence of this football team and for what we're going to see in the rest of the year. You lose this game if you don't play well, you know, going into your bye week one and four is going to leave a, a really bad taste <clears throat> in a lot of people's mouths. And you have to start to question the direction and the future of this football team. So I really think it's that penultimate type game. And I hate Heidi. I hate, hate, hate that the Raiders, um, you know, in, it seems like for the past 10 years have had the bye week so early in the season. You know, you get teams like the Packers at the bye week, like week 13. I just I just hate having it so early. You know, one for the rest factor, but two, if they didn't have a bye week after this week, you know, things may be different. But two and three with a win over the Chiefs, to me, sends a message to the rest of the AFC. One and four losing to the Chiefs, no matter how they lose, is going to be a really, really tough hole for this team to climb out of. And I think you could see some types of change going on and maybe change for the future. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw that the Las Vegas Review Journal is carrying liquid death in their vending machine. So I sat down drinking one while eating my chicken pot pie just to fake out my coworkers and make them think that I was having an icy cold all boy with lunch. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash vegasnation. That's liquiddeath.com slash vegasnation. So one thing that needs to change, in my opinion, and it's been a problem, is something that we've seen over and over with any Raiders team in recent memory is the inability to punch it through in the red zone, uh, come away with a lot of field goals, not 
so many touchdowns. In fact, I believe up to date right now, they're at a 44% conversion rate in the red zone. So still under that 50% mark, uh, you know, half of the NFL is over 60% and the other half is not. So what do you think the Raiders need to do to start converting in the red zone? Is there anything you can pinpoint? Because I keep looking at it. Is it play calling? Is it the inability to run there? It, what, what's going on with this team in the red zone? Yeah, I think it's, it's not just this team and we it's really highlighted because we you know we follow and we cover it but um a lot of the teams struggle in the red zone if anybody played the sport before you know once you get down to that uh to the red zone that side of the field it's just you know obviously the field shrinks and there's just smaller windows i really think that i thought that the raiders would be better off a we saw it last week in the red zone josh jacobs you run the ball offensive lines mauling people and they get in the end zone i thought they would do a better job with the tight ends now look heidi Red zone numbers have been down. Let's not forget, first week, Darren Waller drops a, a touchdown pass. Week three versus Titans, he dropped a couple. So there's been opportunities for this team in the red zone. And a lot of it to me is I think sometimes Derek Carr trying to make the perfect play, whether it's the perfect fade to the corner yeah. or trying to squeeze a ball in. I would like to see Derek Carr. Now, I am a, I don't want to use the H word again because I'm saying it too much. Tonight, but <laughs> I, I am not a fan of the designed rollouts to one side where you're limiting yourself to either one target in the flat or one behind. I'm more of a guy that say, all right, if it's a slant, all right, it's a slant. Slant's not there. Let's see Derek Carr. I want to see him use his legs down by the red zone to see if he could free up some stuff. He starts moving around in that pocket. Maybe a guy, maybe Devontae comes in the back of the end zone. You can, you can do there. But I just think sometimes when teams, and it's not just the Raiders, it, it's it's the Raiders' luck because they've struggled. Sometimes you just try to make that perfect, perfect play down there. And if it's not there, you know, you don't want to see Derek Carr throwing the ball away. So I want to see them run the ball more. I want to see Jacobs get more carries down there, maybe some fullback type stuff. Um, and I would like to see some more crossing routes down there to get maybe guys freed up in the back end. And maybe Derek Carr uses his feet a little bit more. It's just, it's one of those things you could practice it and practice it and practice it when games come. But if the Raiders could get that number up into the high fifties, even the low sixties, I think they start cooking with gas a little bit. It's just, you know, it's easier said than done. But to me, the biggest culprit here is Derek Carr. I just think he's trying to do a little bit too much down in the red zone. Eddie, the Raiders, as you know, have, uh, had Hunter Renfro out for what a couple of games now. Um, if, if Hunter can come back, what kind of difference maker would he be in the red zone? Yeah, I think we've seen Hunter, um, in, in years past be, be that guy that Derek Carr kind of targets because he's so shifty, down by the red zone. Everybody wishes him a speedy recovery. Hopefully he can come back. The concussion stuff is kind of nothing to play. But Heidi, I mean, Hunter is, has shown what he's done in the red zone. Matt Collins is a guy that I'd want to feature down the red zone too. He's got great yeah. uh, ability, great body control to be able to, to, you know, he's a bigger guy. He's a tall guy, lanky guy. I think you, you could use him in the red zone. We've seen some targets for him down in the red zone. Hopefully Foster Moreau comes back. Maybe it's those, you know, the running backs that we talked about earlier. Maybe it's guys like Amir Abdullah splitting out wide, you know, some of that screen type stuff. And again, you have Devontae Adams, like a screen to Devontae Adams down there. We've seen it in week two when he when he walked in for the touchdown, things like that. Easy plays, getting the ball in your best playmaker's hands and seeing what they could do with it. It's not the end of the world 
to throw a little, you know, a little, um, a little screen type pass or a little swing type pass to somebody, see if they could break the tackle and get in. Again, it's about not being, not limiting yourself to one route or to one thing, trying to force the ball in and the ball goes off Darren Wallace's hands, it gets picked off, or, you know, it's just not there and it gets knocked down. Uh, not try to do too much, but I think Hunter Renfro will make a huge difference, obviously, if he comes back. I want to see more balls going to Matt Collins. And I think eventually, to me, Heidi, one of the biggest factors that has gone against the Raiders early in the season is just it's just something off about Darren Waller. I, I don't want to say yeah. it's concentration. I'm not trying to say that he's not putting in the work because I know he does and I know he works extremely hard. But it, just over the season, it's just something – he doesn't seem like the same dominant Darren Waller. We've seen – flashes from him but there's been too many inconsistencies with him he's got too good of hands he's too good of a player you know to have this thing so once i think him and car get back on the same page he's missed some time i think once they get back on the same page he's the ultimate x factor too because he's such a matchup nightmare so hopefully waller can get it sorted out we can get run fro back and the offense will be better off great stuff there and of course the raiders have added Blake Martinez to the linebacker core. Uh, he's currently on the practice squad. We saw him today in silver and black. Uh, Eddie, what kind of player can Blake Martinez be? Granted that he's healthy, knowing that he's coming off of a, a game, a season, excuse me, where he had three games played before he tore his ACL. And also the connection that he's had with Patrick Graham through the past. Yeah, I think that's the best point. I think he comes in and he doesn't have to learn a new defense or anything like that. He's comfortable with what Patrick Graham um, wants to instill. So he kind of gets on the field, knows the play calls if they change a little bit and hits the ground running. So I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, to me, the biggest difference with this Raider team is when Denzel Perryman's on the field and when he's not. Mm -hmm. When Denzel Perryman's on the field, He's another one of those difference makers. He cleans up a lot of the the junk, if you will, the missed tackles, you know, guys breaking out. You see Denzel Perriman flying. I think Blake Martinez could be that. Obviously, he has his legs underneath him. He's coming off an injury. He's coming off not playing. So obviously, there'll be some rust there. Who knows if he's even active for this game? They might wait a week. Uh, until after the bye and bring him and bring him home after that. But, you know, he has familiarity with the defense. He's a smart football player and he's one of those tackling machines. It's the same thing when they got Perryman. Everyone's like, oh, why, you know, we don't, we don't really need this type of player, but you do. You need that sideline to sideline guy, that commander of the defense. Hopefully Blake Martinez can kind of solidify the linebacking core a little bit. I'm a little disappointed and what they've got out of Jayon Brown, I thought he'd be a, a, a you know, not not saying he was going to be a Pro Bowl type player like he was with the Titans, but I thought he'd be a little bit better. And you know, the, the book is still out on Devon Diablo. I think a, a lot of that with him is trying to find the spot where he fits the best. He's a former safety. He's, he's learning new positions. He's kind of coming in and doing both. So again, it comes with time. I think Blake Martinez would be a nice addition to this linebacking core as well couple more for you. And the first one is, as you mentioned, you're a little disappointed with Jayon Brown, but how, how have you felt about Chandler Jones so far through these first four games? We allowed to curse on this podcast. Huh? <laughs> no, I mean, nobody wants to be critical. I tweeted on a game that he's, that he's stealing. It might've been a little too harsh. He's been a terrific football player for a long time, but Heidi, we expect more. Now Chandler Jones has shown he's a hundred sack guy in his career, or close to it. This week versus the Kansas City Chiefs is the week that you need Chandler Jones. Like legit Max Crosby is legit doing everything. Like this guy is out there flying around the field, making plays in one man show. You had a guy like Unique last year that complimented Maxwell. He got his sacks when he could. He was on the football field. He played well, good football. They added Chandler Jones to get that real threat off the other side. Another guy that could take over games. 
he just to me he just doesn't it doesn't look like he's that 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 player and that's not saying that he's totally lost it maybe it's a scheme thing maybe it's a comfortability thing but you you sign Chandler Jones to be a guy that's going to go out there and get three sacks in a game for you and change the way you know a, a game turns out this is the game he has a, he's had a, a crappy season he hasn't made any impact last week he was a little bit better drawing a couple penalties and things like that, but they didn't sign him to draw penalties. They signed him to sack Patrick Mahomes, sack Russell Wilson to, to make plays on the defensive side of the ball. They absolutely need more from Chandler Jones. If he goes into Kansas City, has another offer, there's a conversation that needs to be had with, you know, the thing like, is everything okay here? Are we, are we, are we putting in the work? Is, are the legs still there? Do we need something else? I hope, you know, as all Raider Nation hopes, you hope this is the game that Chandler Jones really breaks out. If they double-team Max or anything like that, we want to come out of this game saying the Raiders won this game, Chandler Jones had a couple sacks, had three sacks, and showed why he's the player. They gave him a lot of money. He's got to put up a shut-up, Heidi. All right, lastly, as you look at this game here, Kansas City Chiefs, Monday Night Football, in Arrowhead, Raiders, what are your keys to the game, Eddie? Yeah, I just we uh, like I said earlier, we've seen this story before. You're you're not going to shut down Patrick Mahomes and this offense. You know they 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 you saw what they did last week versus Tampa Bay. You're not going to shut down Travis Kelsey. Like don't try to do those types of things. To me, when you're playing against City Chiefs, it's all about containing Patrick Mahomes, not letting him run around back there for what feels like five minutes to find the open receiver. I said it today earlier. Everybody always wonders why. How is Travis Kelsey so wide open? How are these guys wide open? Well, Patrick, you know, is so good at running around and and creating with his legs. It gives his his guys time to come back. It gives his times got his his guys time to do what they need. These guys in the back end cannot cover for that long. So I really think we saw what what the Raiders did versus the Kansas City Chiefs in that one half where you know they put the spy. It was it was Arden Key, if you remember Heidi, mm-hmm. the second half of that game. That, yeah, that's by Patrick Mahomes, and you containing on the outside, and you had Arden Key basically going, and they shut down the Chiefs. Pat, they shut they shut down the Chiefs. I mean, those are the types of things that you have to go back to. To me, it's all about you know containing Patrick Mahomes. Don't let him beat you with it, with his feet because he's going to try to all day long. So you're going to have to score some points. They're going to have to put up, to, in, in my opinion. In at least 28, you know, 28 to 35 in that range, and hope that the defense makes another play. We saw Amik Robinson make a big play last week. I'm not saying they need another scoop and score, but it would be nice. Hopefully, the, the secondary can come through, or, or Chandler Jones and those guys can make a play that will really flip this game over. Uh, Eddie, I always appreciate you coming on, and always love the insight that we get from you. It's always objective, too, even as a Raider fan, and I love that about you. So, thank you so much for all of the uh, insight there on this game. Again, Kansas City. Chiefs and the Raiders going out on Monday Night Football at Arrowhead and we will be there to have you covered on everything so make sure to keep up with VegasNation.com and all that we do in print as well and make sure to, again to hit subscribe wherever you're listening and I will be back next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.